so welcome everybody to what is now episode six of the splinter talk show thank you guys for tuning in here live or listening to us on spotify apple anchor the new hive what is it Ariel? Uh, i don't even know how to say it <laughs> au real <laughs> as the hive podcast platform i don't know if anyone's using it yet but uh, we're on there now so that's exciting and today I got two guests. I know we had to switch up the time, so thank you guys for being here. Two special guests. Steve, as a return, which I believe this is the third now, so you also tie up Jim, who now has three. Is that correct? Yeah, and that's pretty impressive, I think, because Jim seems to be quite available for these type of things usually. <laughs> so does that make you I mean, a co-host? He is on a lot of shows. I catch his voice like all over the place. So, Are you saying Jim has no life? Is that what you're throwing down? <laughs> His life he, is Splinterlands. His life is Splinterlands because he takes it from the most financial look as any of us, right? The rest of us are mostly, I think, at least a little bit into it for the game and the community. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we'll get into that for sure. But I thank Steve for being here. I know you've wanted to be on all the weeks, but your schedule with the podcast changed. So we'll have to get you on more often as well. And then for the first time ever, introducing, he is not trash. His name is Trash. But uh, we have Trash Dragon on for the first time. You want to introduce yourself and let people know who you are in case they don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's CJ, a.k.a. The Trash Dragon. I am a very small content creator. I've been playing Splinterland since, since September. I'm lucky enough to have, like, I wouldn't say they're whales. It's like a pod of orcas who are, <laughs> like, helping support me in my gameplay. So... I'm typically like gold one, diamond three, if I get really lucky at the end of season. And I'm just thrilled to be here. I am not, I am trying to be like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to be the beginnings of a migraine. So uh, it, it's yeah. kind of a both and situation here. Well, they make you look cool. So even if you're Thanks. feeling bad, at least you'll look <laughs> yeah. cool, right? <laughs> Uh, I appreciate us, that. Give us your background a little bit. Like how you said you got in Splinter in September. What brought you in? What kind of level are you playing at right now? What brought me in? So I quit my job uh, to be a stay-at-home cat dad. It's a very nice. important job because cats take care of themselves. And that shows <laughs> you how much my wife trusts me. <laughs> so you can play Splinterlands 24-7. <laughs> I can. I, I play a couple hours a day. And one of my buddies from my previous job was like, dude, you got to get into crypto. I'm making a lot of money. And I was like, I don't know. This seems like crazy wizard money. <laughs> and so uh, we did pretty good. And it's been really fun. I love card games. I grew up playing Magic the Gathering. My brother was like on the pro tour for Magic. And so he's real good. I'm not as good as him. He also paid his way through college playing poker, which is oh. wild to me. So I more have like the intuitive... Like, I know how games work and I enjoy them. I don't have the engineering brain that's like two plus three equals five and a half when I play Yoden. You know, I don't have that kind of <laughs> math going on. Yeah. So are you at bronze, silver, gold? Oh, gold, gold one okay. to diamond three. I have enough power to be in diamond one, but I do not have the the cards. I don't have the right decks. The cards aren't all combined because they just... My buddies were like, here, let me delegate you all the cards that I have. Oh. So they're not that. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. have the power, but you don't have the levels. Precisely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and that's going to be an interesting thing. And, and that maybe gets us into our first topic anyways, because I'm curious for you, Trash Dragon, and maybe others, you know, modern format, half the power requirements, likely, not 100% confirmed. We talked about this last week, but I also want to get... It's 95% confirmed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, it, <laughs> it's probably just going to happen, right? Which is going to make an interesting dynamic, right? Because now you're talking about, for a player like Trash Dragon or a player like me, I only have like 130, 140,000 card power, right? So I'm playing in gold, barely surviving in gold because I have silver level summoners. Mm -hmm. Now, potentially, I have the card power all of a sudden dropped on me for diamond, for max level cards, max level summoners <laughs> if I wanted to. Obviously, I don't have the, the money for that because that's, what, 10 plus grand at least probably for all the Chaos Legion summoners and cards maxed out, maybe even more than that. So I don't know what we're uh, give us some fresh takes because you guys weren't a part of the conversation last week. What do you guys think about that news? Okay, I'll go. Um, so I really think that this had to come because they cut power uh, by so much in the cards. So there's no way you could keep it at the levels it was in the past. I mean, you're talking gold foil legendaries now giving 12,000 power when just not too long ago they gave 50,000 power. So they needed to cut this down and it's going to make things a lot better because the idea to me is if you're like in your situation you're going to see now oh i have the power for diamond and then with the rewards chest changing you're going to say wow in diamond they have this many percent chance to get packs this many more chance to get legendaries this many more percent chances to get this and it's going to become something that you can aspire to do because you go you know what i don't necessarily need to level up all my teams maybe i just need to level up my favorite team and then it's going to be like okay wait now i need to level up a second one because the favorite team isn't there all the time and it will help push people just to get to that next level of the game where no longer there's going to be a power problem because i honestly feel that power and renting for power hurts the game doesn't help the game because if we were all instead you know uh, able to get further and it, it, every dollar you were spending renting you'd be spending in the just building your account and making it stronger and your goal wouldn't be like oh i need to get a little bit more car card power it's i need to get a little bit higher level cards so that i can actually compete in those upper leagues and i'm not getting destroyed by the max level stuff yeah and and that's that's the change that i really see in this this doing for a lot of people yeah, well, even newer players into the game, right? You, a lot of people ask me, like, what do I do? Like, should I spend my, you know, 50 bucks on this or that? And honestly, for the longest time, the answer has just been, like, until you get 15,000 power, your rewards suck. So, like, you're going to be spending all your money, no good cards, no leveled up cards. Go have fun buying all those cheap reward cards and get 100 copies just so you can start playing Silver 3. Then you can finally start leveling up and having fun. But, like, until you get over that what's been that like hundred dollar bump at to start it's like you know it's not any fun you don't get the the benefit of actually getting leveled up summoners and things and i'm interested from trash's point of view here you're saying you're already playing in diamond potentially when you get the rating for it you already have the power that that means when this change happens in modern league you, you're hitting champion power right <laughs> like I am. I will be definitely hitting champion power. I will not be hitting diamond three gameplay. <laughs> I was trying this morning at like two a.m. I was trying to hit diamond three, and I was just getting dumped on, man. Like just not only were players knowing exactly what I was gonna play and countering me hard, they also had 
double the level of summoners and <laughs> monsters that I had. I was just like, this isn't happening. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a motivation for you, though, now? You're like, oh, I'm in champion. Is that a, like kind of what Steve said? Is that motivating to be like, oh, well, maybe I actually should get one max level deck? Or is that just like so far to reach? It's not even consideration for you. It wasn't a carrot until he said it. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> I do want to play in champion. I do want to be good at this game. <laughs> yeah and i really do think it's gonna be a carrot for a lot of people and it's just one of those things because right now like i'm playing my little 150 dollars account and i understand all those frustrations and i want to walk away from that account so bad i'm like i hate this account because <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to balance renting enough power to stay up in silver i don't want to be earning credits i tried to i joined a guild on that account because i got invited to one but it's almost detrimental because they want you to contribute and right. it's like oh there's all these like all these things that should be more fun it's just all of a sudden you're like man playing this game is like balancing a checkbook now it's not like playing a game and so when power isn't a problem so much i feel like that's better because power was never a problem in the past to be completely mm -hmm. honest when they first introduced it the only people who had a problem with power it was really um were people who were literally you know because when the game first started there weren't that many players so you could get up into like diamond with nothing because there just wasn't any players. And I was in champion one all the time with like level four cards. It's just, that's that's what it was because there weren't enough people to play. And so eventually they introduced power because they didn't like level four people playing in champion one, right? They didn't want yeah. that, that didn't make sense to them. So they, they had to do it. But at this point, it's kind of something that isn't even needed as much, J just enough to make sure that you have, you know, some kind of stake in the game but also with the introduction of the the free cards not earning rewards anymore it's almost an afterthought in my mind so i don't mind it dropping way down i didn't realize that it it wasn't always an issue because since i've been playing it's <laughs> it's been an issue Tr well, yeah. trash you and me we've had a rough time man <laughs> I, I am I, I went and looked it up too i did start in june of 2018 so i have been playing for quite a while but anybody who plays for quite a while i mean if you look at the old rewards cards, look how much power they gave you and so when you would have all of those cards and i mean and it's not like double the power some of them give you like four times as much power so we just got a whole lot more power for those cards um i mean for some you know for anybody who's trying to play the game for free power is probably a problem um but this isn't really a, a, a game that's designed to play for free that's why there's you know a spell yeah. book you have to buy to get into the game there and then you know it's kind of expected you're going to make some level of investment right yeah well and even i did a quick video just today they dropped about like hey when modern releases like there's no point in renting right i mm -hmm. mean you're talking about 7,500 power, which based on how cheap card power is now and probably could even get cheaper from here. My calculations were like, okay, 37 bucks at most, potentially if things keep dropping $25 to get into silver. And, and my point was like, okay, we complained so long about how hard it is to get into silver, but literally even if you're from somewhere that you can't make any extra money, that's like three share your battle posts. Like that's, a half hour a week making a post putting on peaked and you're going to get yourself into silver three within at least a month of playing even if you're trying to essentially start from nothing so while i simplify sympathized for a long time about how hard bronze is and how difficult it is to climb to silver unless you have that hundred dollars now with this new change i'm like okay 
I'm not going to have any more sympathy for you because we should all at least be able to achieve silver three with, with some ease. Yeah. And like something you mentioned there, you got to embrace the community if you don't have the money. Because, uh, you know, if you're in your Discord, you're in my Telegram, you're making those posts, you're going to get curated by, you know, you know, find a few of the bigger players. The Splinterlands community is very supportive. Why am I so supportive? Why did I give you so much, Luke? Because so much was given to me. Um, yeah. You know, back in my day, it was Carrie and uh, and uh, Clove who were just like, here, have stuff and throwing it at me because I was playing the game. And that's all they were trying to do is just get people to play the game. Because and also if you get into the community, I think it's kind of cool to write a post and get it voted up by the Splinterlands team and see like a $15 for something that you spent some time writing. Because imagine how hard that used to be to do, to get paid to create content, even if it is a small amount of money. That was not something you could do in the past so easily. Literally make maybe like 60, 80 bucks for spending a couple hours a week writing a, a post about a video game you're playing. Yeah. Never. I mean, that's that's more than I make on YouTube with all the time I put into it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, AFK does say like if they upvote you. It seems like they've had a hard time getting to all the posts lately. But you know, that's that's another yeah. That's thing. that's where you have to do more than just um, rely on them, though. Because I upvote people, and well, my upvote's only a dollar. I give people the tip view upvote. It's another three to four dollars. And then if you get into a community of people that are doing it together, I mean, that's how the, the votes can grow. Because hopefully, if you get into a community of players who are playing together and talking to each other, you all start voting each other and supporting each other. And, and the blog becomes something that can help your guild level up and build things. Because that's the whole idea of Hive almost. It, it's... Maybe not people wouldn't love this, but you have to create your little circle, you know? Yeah. There you go. Just got to go get some brownie points with Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I'm curious from you guys. We had a, a small discussion about it last week, and I think it was briefly uh, mentioned by Rogue, who came on and was talking about, hopefully this, this form of Chaos Legion, the modern format, this is kind of the set and the cycle that can really last for the future, right? That hey, next time that there's a huge release, whatever, Rift Watchers, or in the next release, the Chaos Legion 2023, whatever it's going to be called, hopefully it's the same amount of power. We all have the same amount of power requirements. They found a, a balance and equilibrium, and it's not like, oh, next common cards are going to be, you know, 2.5 card power, and the next one from there, one card power. Uh, you know, so I want to get you guys' thoughts on that, and Dragon, I'll go to you first. Do you see that kind of being the trend? Is this kind of... The Splinterlands team saying, hey, we've set a precedent, a precedent and it's going to last four years to come. Or do you think there's still more changes down the road? Gosh, let me pull out my crystal ball and ask Snoop <laughs> what he thinks. I don't I have no idea. I think it depends on the growth of the game, right? If more people are coming in and putting money in. Maybe I I can't see them going that low. Well, hold on. I got to see the numbers. <laughs> I don't know. Like. Because if if power is changing that much with modern, maybe it's okay to keep going down. I'm not sure. Ha has the team said anything? Have they addressed this at all? No, I mean, really what they've only talked about is the current Chaos Legion cards. I mean, I'm assuming Rift Watchers as a subset of Chaos Legion would be the same style of power. I, I doubt that they would change it for that. But... 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Steve, as as a long term <laughs> player who's yeah. been here for four years now, we're, we're what gonna, is your perspective? We're, it's not quite four years. Four years in June. No. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> we'll we'll celebrate the anniversary. Who's counting? Who's counting? No, but um, I, no, I don't think they'll be going down again or doing a big cut. The the the, the lower and the cuts in powers was an homage to the original players. If you were here in alpha and beta, if you were supporting them when this was just an idea and the biggest question you were ever asked in Discord is, is this game fake? <laughs> is it a scam? Because that's what everybody would join, ask when back in those first days. And we were, you know, we bankrolled the entire game if you bought alpha cards, if you bought beta cards. And we, there was like mass, like massive, massive things that those people did. So they wanted those cards to be special. They wanted to protect their value. It's something the team has done that has probably made them my favorite team in all of crypto. Uh, they actually have done what they said they would do and try to protect the first people that supported them. And so 100%. alpha and beta cards are extremely more power than the current set. And they're that way on purpose. But now that that's been established, I don't feel like they'll have to do it again especially because it'll just make things confusing. And and there's no, you know, uh, I love you, got everyone who came in at Chaos Legion, but they're not going to have to make a special, you know, like, oh, we got to cut, cut power again when, when what Rebellion <laughs> comes out. Because nobody's going to be really asking for that at this point. Um, you know, it, it was really just a way for them to really, you know, there were some, I wasn't even a big, big investor, but there were some people that invested a lot of money and were like, we want our cards to be special. If you're going to keep releasing new sets, how are they going to be special? Power is going to be one of the ways. I mean, because you're already talking about like a, a gold foil legendary card with 50,000 power it can, you know, bankroll a person up like in the new modern, <laughs> I, I mean, right. quite a few leagues. So I don't think it'll change again. Um, also, it also related to card packs. And uh, do you see them going a lot more than they did for this one with the, uh, you know, what is it? Ten, uh, my head's hurting, but how many million packs <laughs> are they trying to sell? 15, 15 million. million. 15. So, I, I mean, maybe if they go to 30 million, they would half it again on the cards. That but it, it, But that's kind of where it comes from, right? Is how much more cards are in the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really uh, interesting point. And I hope that from the most part, it stays consistent, right? Because it'd be nice to be like, okay, I'm shooting for gold or, you know, this next year, I'm going to be reinvesting, reinvesting and I can get to diamond and just call it good, right? Like from there, all I got to do is level up my cards. I don't need to worry about power anymore for years to come. Whereas if they keep changing it, you know, every, that, that, I think that's been kind of the, the frustrating thing this you know, for us who have gotten into this game the last six months or so is that things are just constantly changing. Like you don't really know what to do or what your plan is until the next announcement. It's like every, every town hall, I'm hanging on to these words of like, okay, where do I need to put my investment? Where should I be buying cards versus power? And it seems like everything just constantly changes. So it'd be, I don't know, from my perspective, it'd be nice if it can be more consistent from here on out so that we're not having to constantly make a million different Google Sheets for people to follow <laughs> along with, you know? Yeah, and but... It's, oh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, it's an intricate calculus for one game, and if you start stacking other play-to-earn games on top of it, I have about 100 uh, discords that I'm a part of following all the AMAs. <laughs> it is... It's a lot. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> but the one thing I would say, too, is with the power that they won't... Um, the only other reason to adjust it maybe would be, you know, they, they 
want like any other card game to release sets continuously, right? So if they get to a point where they need to do it because players are not wanting to buy the new sets, I could see a cut then. But then again, or, or maybe an increase in what you need to get up in the leagues. I don't know if they would need to cut the power of the cards, but they might need to say, hey, with the new set, we're going to increase how much power that you need to be in silver because they want to, you know, help push the next set. Well, the thing about the modern league, though, is that it's always going to be the two years of sets, right? So if the next year comes out and someone has all this card power in Untamed, specifically for the modern league, that's going to count now towards the wild. But it, from my understanding, it won't count towards modern anymore. So yeah, if, you, you know, if you're putting all your card power into Chaos Legion right now, two years from now, you're going to have to buy the new set or the next two sets to continue with that card power and continue to climb unless you're going to go just to wild. Yeah, I would kind of trust the team and know that if you're a player who has a goal to have at least, say, four teams that are leveled in in the area that you want to play in, power won't be a problem for you. If you're if you're trying to stay lower than that and you're trying to eke out like the best dollar rewards, then you might still have to go to the rental market. But the rental market shouldn't be as bad as it is now because it's, it's just not going to be needed as much when the new set comes out, right? So you probably wanted to pay as much but it kind of depends on what what type of player you want to decide to be i I don't really think this game you know it's hard it's hard for me because i want to remember my perspective you know i live in america i have a good job this is you know something i'm not really doing to try to make a ton of money it's more a hobby on the side and i use it for content creation and i do see the power that it can do for people in other parts of the world so i want to let them come in and play the game and start the hive blogging and things like that because it's pretty incredible if you can do this and make more money than you normally make in a month but um in general, if we attract the, you know enough of the type of players who aren't trying to squeeze every dime out of the game and instead are just going to be buying the cards, competing at the levels, competing in the tournaments, it should make things better also for the people who are trying to squeeze this stuff out because you know the rental markets will be less if the rest of us are buying stuff. Yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense what you're saying, Steve. And speaking of card power... We didn't talk about this last week, so I want to touch on it this week. They mentioned new reward cards potentially mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. They didn't give an exact date, but essentially what we're going to see at some point is double the reward cards because these old reward cards that we're getting now, they're still only like, what, 35% last time maybe I checked printed, so a third out of <laughs> out of the total supply, and now they're introducing new reward cards. Does that... Do those words make you guys excited? Does that make you like, oh, like more cards on the market? Maybe some of the cards we currently have are are not going to be as valuable. Like what what's your reaction to this? I was excited. Well, first I was surprised because it was not what I was expecting. Because once again, when I first started playing, I think I got like an Axe Master, a Harvester, and then did they run out? I didn't get any more for like a long time. I think they yeah. had run out. I mean, those are good rewards. I got like a nightmare and like a spineback turtle. And then it was like, <laughs> if you got a good reward, it was because they didn't have any reward cards left. And it was like, hey, here's 10,000 DEC, which back then was pretty great, actually. It's a lot so. of DEC. <laughs> and so I, the biggest see. chest I've ever opened was 52,000 DEC. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. In what so, league? <laughs> I, I, well, I play champion, like I like play diamond champion, but still, they didn't even have that kind of stuff back then. It was just you would have got a gold foil legendary, but you didn't. 
we we ran out so here's 52,000 and if you want to hate on if you want to hate on Steve for that just know he also donated 50,000 to our guild recently so there you go it all ends out (laughs) that's awesome so I'm excited I mean more more reward cards I think for me I'm a relatively new player It, it it gets me excited about playing more because I I get to build my collection and that's one of the things that I love is leveling up my cards getting each card in each splinter like it just there's part of i think there's a little bit of a completionist in me that really enjoys that and also i'm guessing they're going to be cheaper like they're for instance like what i mean is the current cards that are reward cards they're pretty cheap and i just buy a bunch of them you're steve i see you shaking your head no they'll be more expensive at first because they're new so that's the life of a rewards cards always have like you know almost like the new coin like an idea and yeah. then down to nothing <laughs> so so wait so some quick. And, then, and then way way up later on because right. you know you'll have players like me who want to max one so i need 400 copies so i'm going to go buy them all and mm-hmm. then um in general they're going to be most expensive in the beginning so yeah if you're patient you could sell yours early and then buy back into them later probably and you'll get more than you had I mean, if I sh- if I sold my sixty dollar O'Shaughness when I had the chance, I could have gotten yeah. a maxed one now. <laughs> exactly. So, especially the legendaries. Like, if you're a smaller player and you pull an early legendary, I'd say definitely sell it because the prices are just going to go down as more people come out. Overall, I'm re- I'm pretty excited though because you can tell the team realizes the reward structure is not enticing enough, and it's going to get a lot better. And these ten cards are going to coincide with. Uh, the release of the new reward structures where bronze is no longer going to be like, Hey, you get one chest and it's probably got a potion in it. Right. So when we get into a world where, you know, it, everybody's quest, because if they do what they said, have kind of alluded to, it's like everybody will do their quest and we'll all get something between like seven and 10 chests. It's just in bronze. Yeah. Three of those are going to have potions. Four of them are going to have potions. One's going to have credits, but two will have cards. And now there's like 20, 20 like there's going to be a whole bunch of cards you could get and in silver you know you'll get less potions and the and the champion players will probably stop getting potions almost ever by the basis of what they're going to be doing um which is actually a, probably a good financial move to make because we'll just go buy our potions so they don't have to give right. them to us <laughs> right the, but, the actual players that need potions aren't getting any of the potions <laughs> if, if only the uh, uh, small but, girls could sell off the potions that would be great but it's not going to happen yeah no the potions are there to try to get you to buy a pack yeah that, that's what they're, they're they're there for so the the idea here though of releasing all that at the same time just leads to me to like an, a very very exciting time to be trying to bring new people into the game because there's going to be all these new cards cards you can get right now there's only what three legendaries you can get so mm-hmm. picture that probably doubling probably a legendary for all of the teams that you can pull also you're probably looking at cards that are going to coincide to work with the new summoners so if some of the new summoners have a little bit of a change in dynamic to a team given almost every team can do everything now because so many cards have been released but there's still a couple that maybe get a summoner that you might not see completely fit and then you'll see an epic card come out to go with that summoner or something to make it a much more powerful combo so it's going to be an exciting time for sure I can't wait until it's not one chest for people in bronze because it's so hard to bring people into the game for that. It's like, hey, come play, come quest, come fight bots, get almost no DEC, and then open a chest and get a potion. And then you're like, yeah, I know why you quit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm, I want to expand this discussion a little bit, but I mean, the reward cards are awesome, but we don't know what they are. So it's hard to talk about them a little bit, but I, I do want to pick up on something they said in the town hall of, you know, we don't want to be like Magic the Gathering. We don't want to always be constantly putting out cards, but right. you know, we do have new reward cards. We have Rift Watchers. We have these things coming up. And I saw on Dwayne's channel a little bit ago, someone asked him like, okay, you talk about how these cards are deflationary because you have to combine them together to level them up. Yet is it really deflationary because they are adding more and more cards in general right and that's that's kind of the argument of like is it deflationary because you're combining them is it inflationary because they're adding new cards new sets all the time and i i, I kind of want to pick your guys's brains is that do you guys agree with the level of supply they're putting out on the market does that concern you as people that do own assets or are you guys just like i'm in it for the game so anytime i can get a new card it's fun I'm not concerned about how many cards are in the game. I still feel like the supply is very low. I think anybody who says that it's not very low is somebody who's not trying to level up cards. Um, there are people who are maybe trying to get into level two or three. The level up curve is very exponential. If you've never leveled up a card to max, you don't understand how deflationary cards are. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, like buying that last 100 commons to get that last level feels so it, many. It, yeah, it's it's a lot to have to go out there and purchase. So um, they are de very deflationary. And the reason why it feels like there's a lot out there is because land isn't here yet. And land was supposed to be here. And mm. land is going to be a card sponge because you're going to have a land resource that can create forever a resource that you can sell to help people mint cards forever in the course of this game. And it's going to give you the most resource if you put a level max level summoner on it with max level legendary cards. And theoretically, the ones that would make the most are going to be gold foil legendary cards with gold foil legendary things that will go on gold foil legendary land. And that land will produce the most. We don't know exactly how many monsters that are going, going to go on there. But in one of the AMAs, he said for sure a summoner will for sure and if there are summoners summoners summon monsters so i guarantee you you're not putting in level 10 common on a land with a level two summoner it's not going to happen um so when when land comes out and you start to see the land barons who are people who are outside of this game some of some people own land and they don't even own cards because they don't know what they need yet and they have to mm -hmm. come to the marketplace and they go, okay, I want my lands to produce the most. Who's the cheapest summoner? Buy a maxed one. Who's the cheapest uh, legendary card? Buy a maxed one. Who's the cheap? And all of that, all of that stuff's going to start coming off of the marketplace. And I mean, it, it, it's a daunting number when you think about it. Cause like uh, I have a pretty big collection, but I have 200 land, 200. <laughs> that means I need 200 maxed summoners to me max production on all of my land now that's probably not ideal but imagine what would that do to the market if i just wanted to come take 200 summoners off of the board it would be, prices will go up yeah they go up a lot <laughs> and and i'm only I, and i'm not even a big land ho owner have you seen matt two castles clark or neil two castles smith with their two thousand lands apiece oh, so there, there are people out there with a, quite a bit of these lands. They understand how impactful they're going to be because right now the game is who who has Llama, who has Yodin, mm -hmm. who has you know Mylor, who has Lorena. Pretty soon it's going to be who has the spell that counters that card. 
who has the equipment that counters that card and when in that new phase of the game those equipment and spell cards are going to be so important and they're going to come from land production and i mean it's going to be like remember how we saw dec fly from nothing to insane amounts that ecosystem is going to push the market it's going to be the next super push of this market and it's going to be a fun ride and if you're here now and you're collecting you're going to get to take part in that ride there you go not not a financial advice but it is (laughs) (laughs) trash what about you are you when you hear these announcements do you have your investor hat on you're like oh i don't know what it's going to do to my card prices are you more just that gamer mentality like sweet like shiny new thing Man, I'm along for the ride. I this I think this is the most trustworthy team in crypto because every time I hear something come out of Agro's mouth, the next week they have an update and movement on it if they haven't already accomplished it. And other projects I'm in are not they aren't like that. It not even close. And so I do trust the team to do what's best. I do trust the team to add value to people who are holding their assets because they say they want to increase the assets of people who are holding what stuff in the game. And every week, that's what the team is doing every single week. And so am I worried about it a little bit? Cause I bought a lot of chaos Legion packs <laughs> <laughs> to say I'm not worried would be a lie. And so I guess I'm kind of holding the tension within myself of like, I trust this team. Yes, it's a lot of cards. And then we have like the Holy Trinity now. Steve Steve's going to be in my head like, okay, land's coming. Land's coming. It's all going to be okay. So I, I guess all of that to say I'm excited and nervous. And uh, I really hope Chaos Legion packs go up in price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting dynamic. And I think that's what makes NFT gaming, whatever project you're in, it's so interesting of, you know, are you in it because you're an investor that wants to gamble and get rich? Are you in it because you just like games and owning your assets is interesting to you? And I think, you know, that's that's part of like the community, you know, when you hear feedback from them, it's like, it can be completely from different perspectives of like, uh, oh, I love this announcement because it's just so much fun versus like, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, it's going to wreck all of my investments. And like, right. just the, the spectrum of, of points of view, it's just all over the place. And, and that's why I think we can get super positive responses from these things. And you can also get the super like negative or I'm just really worried about what this is going to do to card prices or whatever the asset is at the time. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I'm worried about. Summoners are going to get way too expensive, way too expensive. Cause I just look at the market right now and the new summoners, there's a total of six and a half max general Sloans, four and a half Tarsas, only three and a half Thaddeuses, three and a half obsidians, um, four and a half Achilles and around you mean av- available for five, five quicks if you want max level ones. Yeah, uh, available right now. Available, yeah, available for sale. That's all you got have. It, it. So hmm. I just told you I have 200 land and I, I need 200 max summoners, and there's not even close to 200 for sale. And I'm one medium sized holder of land. There's 150,000 lands coming. So what's your strategy? Out. Like, if that's the reality now, and and you're saying that's the thing that worries you, like what? How do you accommodate for that? Like, how do you plan? I've been, I've been buying summoners. 
I, I, I mean, I, my, okay. So you have to, you know, imagine, you know, if I have a common land, I'm not going to throw a max level summoner probably on that one. Cause even, even if you push it to its highest potential, it's not going to be great. Right. So I don't want to imagine like every 150,000 lands going to have a max level summoner on it, but it's going to need something, you know, and you might want what, what is like the easiest level to get to before it gets expensive, probably silver, right? That's probably where the, most of the summoners on the land will be. Maybe some people will go a little bit lower than that. And I know there's the people out there who have like one, two or three lands, but I honestly feel like when they look into how much more they're going to have to invest to get it producing pretty well, a lot of people are just going to sell those when land spikes, when land is actually able to be used um, because it's going to take a lot of stuff, but they're just, there's not enough summoners in the game. And that's why I don't mind these mini sets. That's really what Rift Watchers is about. It's about releasing five more summoners. It's really what the legendary summoners coming to the game is about. It's releasing some more legendary summoners um, because there's not enough for land. Not if the idea is you need a, a summoner on every land and it to, to max out your production, you need a maxed out summoner. Right. And that's so, still... That's still a lot of speculation, though. They they haven't come out and said that directly yet, right? No, I, mean, I think Agro has said it directly. Because in, in, in one of the AMAs, one of the questions was like, is there any chance we won't need a summoner for our land? And he, he responded, no, you're going to need a summoner. And yeah. I mean, you might have mixed missed that if you weren't but, listening to the but we don't know if max, stuff. if max level is like needed for max production. Yeah, that, that part that part's some speculation, but... I mean, could you imagine it wouldn't be? You think they're going to cut it off that you only have to get your summoner to level five or you only need to level know. one? I mean, I the know. whole game is trying to get you to level your cards. Right. Every, I mean, everything else is. <laughs> Lord, in, Lord in the chat says, looks like I'm putting a Waka on a common land. <laughs> we finally found a good use for Waka, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, exactly. That's hey, If they're going to do a whole bunch of promo legendary summoners, they're going to they're going to be land farmers walk is going to be working the farm <laughs> i want music oh, if i put waka on a land like i want i want like a percentage of his music sales or something if i'm oh if I'm they, got, they should do some, something creative that would be fun there we go or, or maybe like uh you know some backstage passes i don't even think he performs Ooh. anymore right so yeah i, I want to be invited to the party at his crib that's what i want <laughs> That would be awesome. No, that'd be funny if you could get him to have a party for Waka holders. Oh my! <laughs> I would absolutely buy one and fly to know. wherever he is. I don't. I don't know him at all. I don't really listen to his music, but I don't know if uh, yeah, that's the either. top of my list to go hang out with Waka. But to party cool, with a famous rapper, I guess. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. That's, that's on my bucket list. That's a good video to make. You know, just you <laughs> and <around> his house. <laughs> Content, Luke. Content. <laughs> All right, Steve. There you go. You just gotta gift me a waka, and I'll put it on the land. And yeah, yeah. I've only I've only got one waka, so that's a hard uh, one to gift. Only. Well, you're gonna have to go buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I I do want to. You know, I know today's pos podcast is gonna be a little bit shorter, but both things I heard from you guys is I have a lot of trust in the team to kick oh, yeah. back value, and I. Uh, you know, bringing on people for the Splinter Lands podcast, we're all streamers. You know, some of us are on the stream team, all of that. Or Steve, you've been here forever. So there's, there's, you know, on the podcast, it's hard to get people that are on here that are like, I hate Splinter Lands or I don't have any trust <laughs> on the team, right? But it was interesting that posting the video from last week, specifically on the concerns around bot and some of the comments getting back, I won't read the entire comment here, but 
You know, one comment was, I think the team overall failed to capitalize on the massive growth between August and January, and a lot of blames could be put on the bot stance and the things they did, in quotes, because of bots. And another comment was like, you know, it took them five effing months to figure (laughs) their decision out, and they still don't want to direct approach to take out the bots. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to see some of the comments of, people in the community not everyone is like that but there's definitely some comments that were some pretty big pushback even to just the fact of like hey we're going to take out starter card rewards to combat the bots in their eyes so what are you guys seeing are you guys seeing some of that from your communities do you guys empathize with those thoughts at all of like man these bots are really ruining these this entire game i don't know how do, how do you guys feel about it the one place i it affects me is i we run a small guild we have way too many assets for our guild. I got to figure out how to expand it. But the, we, have, we have people who they're playing in bronze and like low silver and they've stopped playing. And so I've been reaching out. I'm like, hey, what's going on? They're like, it's not worth it to rent. And I'm like, well, give me a list of cards. I will get you those cards. <laughs> like, what deck do you want? And so I do think at the low levels, it's an issue. The team acknowledges it's an issue and they're trying to fix it. Personally, it doesn't affect me all that much because I'm blessed to have benefactors and the team's working on it and I trust them. I, the first thing that came to my mind, Luke, when you said that was that Taylor Swift song, like haters gonna hate. (laughs) And it's like, I, like, I, I try to not worry myself with that. I'm like, it'll it'll get taken care of. I ignore them and I ignore them because of this. If bots ruin your life in this game, you didn't invest in the game. So sorry, you you came here and you wanted to get rich with no investment. You also probably don't do the share your battle votes. You probably also didn't join my telegram where I would have probably just given you a bunch of crap. You didn't contact any other streamer out there and you're bitter, 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 bitter. Get over it, and if you really want to be active in this community, get active in the community, talk to people, um, join somebody's Discord. It doesn't have to be mine. Luke runs one. Most of the big streamers do, or just talk to people in the Splinterlands Discord. Usually there's kind players that will help you out and help you with little things. And the, the to me, the bots are they shouldn't be banned if they don't have an advantage. Now, they do have to protect us from the tools that we i heard about and i know they are they're trying to make them so that you wouldn't want a bot to be able to check a database see how steve plays and play a perfect counter you also wouldn't want a bot that is somehow able to see what i actually played if it waits until the end which those kind of things we we can't have but bots that just play accounts that basically goes 17 mana what team wins the most and puts it on the board those ones are relatively easy to beat if you know it's coming and you bought the cards to be able to compete against them. Now, to me, making the starter cards not work, I think you guys really underplayed it in the, cause I listened last week and it, like this idea that people have that oh, bots are still gonna be here. There's still gonna be a ton, bots are gonna be completely different because before a bot runner who really runs a massive amount of simple bots to pull value out of this game was coming here and opening a thousand accounts or more. And I, I also like Jim, I have a bot. I've made videos about bots and I use them on my two alt accounts. I don't bot a thousand accounts and those car, those accounts play in diamond. They don't play down at the bottom, but they, I run bots on them. Cause I, I as a content producer, I don't have time to play three accounts. <laughs> I just don't. So, um, that's one reason why they're needed. But the other reason why they were needed is for 
if you want a new player to come into the game and play in bronze and be able to get a match, you know, most legitimate players don't stay in bronze for very long. They're up in silver, they're up in diamond. So they're needed to go ahead and, and keep the games active, make sure that matches can always be found at any time of the day for a game that is worldwide. It's just you needed uh, bot runners to, to no longer become pure leeches and become people that have to at least make initial investments if they want to leech into the card market. That and you know Matt admitted that that was the big mistake they made is that the investment they were they were making wasn't going to the players at all. It was only going to Splinterlands, and then that that investment by allowing them to earn with the free cards was literally like, here's Splinterland, here's $10, and now I'm going to suck every dime I can away from your players. What was the way that was kind of working. Now it's going to be like, okay, I, I bought my account. I have to get it at least uh, one copy of every single card. And go ahead and look at the market. If I have a 1,000 accounts and I need one copy of every single card, that is a lot of cards being pulled off of the marketplace. And so that'll eat up a lot of that volume or the bots will start to disappear and there'll be less of them. Or people will have to look at this completely different and be like, okay, so running the free cards doesn't make me any money. So what is the best bang for my buck? And you're going to see some of the bot people decide, okay, I need to get summoners to level two, at least three of them on each one of my bot accounts. And then they'll be able to farm and they'll make it up to here. And then I'll be able to pull down good rewards. The bot guys will figure it out. But trying to ban them just doesn't make a lot of sense. It takes away from kind of one of the crypto ideas in my mind. If they're not cheating, they're just being being smart enough to create a bot, run the bot, pull down. And, and, and in theory, it helps the ecosystem a little bit. And it does create, um, you know, the thing it hurts is card value. But I do feel like making them have to purchase at least some of the cards should fix that to an extent. Uh, maybe to a much more of an extent than people think because... I mean, how many bot accounts do you think there are? And what if all of them need to buy cards now? Now, I admit they don't have to buy every card because we all, you can play with like three teams, two teams. You, you know, you can't play with one because it, it might not win enough if it doesn't get access to that team all the time. But yeah, and I think it depends on too on how much they've been reinvesting. I think that was kind of the point of like, I don't think it will get rid of all bots because if they're already making money, they have the funds as long as they didn't pull it out. I mean, maybe who knows, maybe they just pulled it completely out of the game and put it in their bank account. I mean, we don't know what the stats are, but if they, you know, are getting reward cards and selling it off for DEC or stuff like that, and then just buying the starter cards, you know, they can feed their accounts and keep them going. So yeah, you know, at least it, I guess, feeds the ecosystem is kind of what right. you're saying, but how much does it concern, change it? If, if the team is trying to root out bots, which I imagine would be incredibly difficult and time intensive, what is that taking away from them doing to further the game? How much, how much longer are we going to have to wait for land? How much longer are we going to have to wait for Rift Watchers and for some of these other things that we really want to see done? Uh, that would be my really my bigger concern. And if there is anyone watching or listening who's like, man, I can't get out of bronze. This game sucks. Like, reach out to me. I will delegate you cards to help you. Like, we're going to, there's going to be spots opening up in our guild probably next week, like a bunch of spots. And like, we'll, I'll delegate you stuff. We'll get you into silver. Just reach out to me. Like, problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I want to get your take as well, uh, Steve, and then trash it again. You can chime in on this as well. But specifically, this comment uh, earlier, you were talking about like, yeah, they, they probably weren't playing hard enough or investing as much. This player actually invested a lot 
pulled out and said, I still hope for the game. I might reinvest if it keeps going lower. But their, their narrative that they're painting, right, is that the Splinterlands team failed to capture on the ex huge explosion growth we saw August through January. Now we've kind of trended down a little bit. And what the narrative from their point of view is because of the bots and making it such a bad experience for newer players. And now that they didn't capitalize on this huge growth, it's probably going to be stunted from here. So, Steve, as someone that's you've had a really long picture in this, almost four years, as we talked about. Do you see this narrative of like, OK, we had this huge explosion growth and it's come down because of the problem with bots? Or is it just completely unrelated from that in your point of view? You know, I, I, I would say you could say the Splinterlands team has missed on one thing, and it would be grabbing the excitement of when the game blew up because they couldn't get enough developed quick enough. But this is not something unheard of in the crypto space. Crypto developers are hard to get. They're very expensive. Uh, it's a very competitive market out there. If you know how to work in blockchain, you don't have a choice from one job. You probably have a choice between like 10. So... The, the reality is they're doing things as fast as they could without breaking things. The other thing is you are going to see that they got uh, too popular too quick if you didn't want to see that happen. And, and that's just a reality of it. They released their token. They didn't understand how popular it would be. They, I don't think they ever meant for DEC to could be worth, you know, 10 times peg. They didn't, you know, they made a few little mistakes by making DEC such a big part of the airdrop. They, and then the other thing is, is they just didn't have enough developers to actually release land quick enough to actually get us into the second mode of the game quick enough. I really didn't see us being like halfway through Untamed and land not being, I mean, through chaos and land not being out because land was sold way before that. So sure, there's been developmental, like not hitting developmental goals as quick as we would like is about the biggest criticism that I could give them. But at the same time, anybody who says that like the new player experience to this game is not good enough, the only way the new player experience to the game is not very good is if somebody sold you the fact that you could come to this game buy a $10 spell book and make a ton of money. And anybody who is making that kind of content is hurting the game and not helping the game because it's just not true. Are you true. calling me out, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think your series is excellent because when somebody sees $1 to 11 and like you're on episode 432, they're going to know that they're not supposed to do that in Splinterlands. Yep. <laughs> but, I'm, the, I'm the case of what not to do. I love it. I love but, it. <laughs> But I, I'm sorry, that's just the way I feel because like I've never told anybody, hey, come play Splinterlands and you're going to spend 10 bucks and you're going to make a lot of money. That's not how I've ever tried to approach telling people to play this game. Um, I, I like even the, the smallest amount I would I, I, I would be willing to do in my video was one hundred and fifty dollars um, to start into this ecosystem and start doing stuff. And it included, you know, giving myself 20 hive power and you could maybe lower it to like 110. Cause I did a little fun thing in that video and bought 10 packs, but still, uh, I feel like that's the way that you should really approach it. You know, if I was going to ask you, Hey, do you want to start playing Yu-Gi-Oh with me with magic with me with any of the, the card pack games? Would I be telling you that you're never going to have to buy another pack ever again in the real world you know and that's what this game is supposed to be like i mean it, to be successful in those kind of games you weren't buying packs of cards you were buying boxes of packs of cards um if you were and you know that's just the way the game's supposed to be even even when i was younger and i was getting into those kind of card games it was you know go buy two three packs a week every week get ten dollars buy a couple packs um and if you if you can't do that this isn't the game for you it's just not um 
that's the that's the mindset of their game when they've talked about it this is what they've made they've made a game that's supposed to attract the old magic players the Yu-Gi-Oh players the pokemon players and give them a digital way to do it to actually own it and then mm -hmm. there is a ton of extra ways for you to make that money back and what i did is not tricky i got to a point in the game where i'm i have accounts in hive and in splinterlands that are work worth way more money than i invested and i did it again on that 150 dollars account it might not seem like that account's special but it's at 180 dollars and it's two months in so i put in 150 i have a hive account with 80 hive power that's 80 bucks and i have an account with 150 dollars worth of cards so actually no it's like 230 dollars so how much time did you put in to get that 30 bucks i'm curious to get to get the well it's been i've been playing that account for two months two, two and a half months so i started with 150 dollars. i put 20 high power i put uh, i bought 10 packs and i spent 90 dollars specifically on chaos legion cards and this was two months ago when things were more expensive you would get more more bang for your buck if you did it today and then i blog i do the share your challenge post i do the blogging post and that pushed me up now to having 80 hive uh, in HBD on the account, an extra $60 went into buying cards. So even with the down market, my card values at $150, which is more than I put in. And the Hive account all by itself is sitting over there with 80 Hive power on it because I'm not powering down. Because I want people who come and, and get into the game to go ahead and embrace the Hive blockchain if they're going to do it. But I do mention that once you get to like maybe 50 Hive power, you could just power down. Um, because at that point you don't need to go higher if you don't want to. I'm just not doing it for my example, because to be completely honest, in about six months, I'm going to show you a Hive account worth about $300 and an account worth about $500. I'm going to be like, I did $150 in six months. And that's how I feel like you have to approach the game. Not, not I'm going to spend 10 bucks and I'm going to play the starter cards until I get enough rewards cards or I pull packs. I mean, it's just... That doesn't work. You you can't tell somebody to come here and do that. You got to tell somebody, hey, come invest a few hundred dollars. You'll get into this game. You'll meet a new community. You'll have a chance. But you got to find the right type of people. You know, if you don't like to blog and write, and then you got to have money. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're making like fifty cents to a dollar a day playing. Yeah, it's not it's not a lot of money. But I mean, that's that's how I built up my collection the first time. And you know, in two years, you'd have maybe a maxed out chaos legion set i mean it right. would just it would take you that long but yeah i mean that would, that would be awesome <laughs> that's it sounds, yeah, it's a slow grind right yeah. and yeah and, and that's the, the more... point of my, of my one dollar start too right it's like okay it, yeah, yeah it's, but, it's not yeah. fun but like if you really want to grind it out i'm at you know now with the modern format changes, I'm a third of the way to silver three, right? So, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think it's a fun thing to do. Do you have fun playing that account? I doubt it. You get to make uh, content I, with I, it. Imagine if you weren't yeah, making content. Yeah, if I wasn't making content, I mean... the, the thing I have fun with is streaming and introducing <laughs> yeah. players who are struggling in bronze and just showing like, Hey, it's actually not that hard if you just rent these cards. You can beat these bots pretty easily. Yeah. As so it's more of a teaching experience <laughs> than like really I would want to do that myself, of course. But yeah, Trash, I want to hear your thoughts though. I, what, what is your perspective on the narrative of Splinterlands? Because you got in not quite at the top, but maybe a close. month before the top. I and bought... now things have come really down. What What is your perspective as a player? How do you feel about that? And then like, what do you think some of those reasonings might be for this trend. 
Well, I got in when I first got in. I think I bought like six lands at like seven hundred bucks each. Ooh. Woo. And so like they they've like halved. I haven't checked them in a month. I'm guessing they're around three fifty. I don't actually know. And and that doesn't worry me. And and I guess m the narrative that I hear in what what you said, like the Splinter team, Splinterlands team missed one opportunity. I'm out. It seems very, very black and white. So I married a, a psychologist. And so we talk about like dysfunctional thinking often. <laughs> I have a lot of it. And so the, it Don't just, we all? Right, it sounds like black and white thinking all or nothing. Like either they capitalize this and I on this opportunity and I get rich or they fail and I take everything out and I don't want to be a part of it. And that's just not how I look at things when I'm in a good place. <laughs> when I'm in a good place, I, this team, I trust them until they give me a reason not to and, and not capitalizing on growth that was overwhelming is, I, I, that's, a, that's within the, the range of acceptability to me is they they did the best they could and they grew because they they were doing things correctly they were doing things right and so i i hear that and i try i'm hearing my wife in my head it's like validate the valid it's like, <laughs> so i'm trying to find like what's valid in this like well you know i i appreciate their take valid. right you know i appreciate that someone's commenting and giving a different perspective because as i said right all these people coming on here we're all splinterlands bullish we're all streamers and you know and, and to their credit i didn't read out the full comment as i said like they said i'm still rooting for the game i'm selling off some assets and i'm looking for a bottom to maybe come back in so it's not like they're completely walking away forever and you know who knows how that will go for them maybe it's the smart thing to do maybe that they'll regret it later on and you know everyone gets to make their own choices right and that's right. that's the thing about this space is everyone you know now that it's real money it's not just like oh i'm walking away from call of duty because i got bored of call of duty you know it's like i have to decide okay i have a thousand dollars in splinterlands do i still believe in this game do i still have fun right. with this game do i want to invest more do i want to pull out and that's i don't know it, it makes it fun but honestly, it also makes it super stressful if you're not used to dealing with, you know, finances and, and gaming together. Yeah. It's super weird. It is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. emotional. Yeah, that's one of the problems the whole NFT world is going to face when it comes to bringing people into NFT games. Uh, the stakes over here are a little too high in a lot of things. Um, the, the, and this problem, it, it, it's going to be a problem for a lot of games. Like, why do I own a lot of Gala Games assets and not even do videos about them? Because like one nft over there is like thousands of dollars i'm like i ain't gonna work i can't i can't pick, come to my buddy be like hey come spend thousands of dollars to play a game and make a few dollars it's got to be a, um you know splinterlands i think is the best one at that because there's different levels of investment you have to pick the ones that you're going to be most comfortable of but the minimum is still probably around two or three hundred dollars if you're really going to come here and get into the game and get enough summoners and you know i understand that the you know, maybe he's looking at it too much, like a $10 spell book was access to the game and it should be fun. Um, and maybe if we need to have that mindset that the $10 spell book needs to get fun, be fun, they're, they're kind of adjusting that with the new plans. And so maybe they've gotten to it now, but I don't think it was ever thought of that, that players wouldn't buy more cards and wouldn't buy more packs. Um, by the they're team. trying to buy, 
Go try to buy a Magic the Gathering deck that will win you a, a Grand Prix. It's going to be way more than $300. It's the the control decks, they're like 800 bucks. The cheap aggro decks are 2 to 300 and so it it's not like you said, it's not an unreasonable amount of money, like 2 to 300 dollars and you own it. Like it's digital and and it's yours. I it doesn't yeah. seem that unreasonable to me. Well, maybe we should end, end with some wisdom because I like what you're saying there. And, you know, I think the difference, you know, I played Magic a little bit in middle school, Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff. Like, I never got super serious about it. But when you bought cards, I feel like you, you paid the cards for the packs or whatever. You bought them off your friends. You don't think about the value for most people. Maybe if you're a huge collector, you're like, okay, I know what this is worth off the top of my head. But for us back then, like... Maybe eBay, like once eBay got big, you could research it then and, and try to find card prices. But for the most part, like you never thought about it again versus Splinterlands NFT games. You have your account value at the top of your screen 24 seven, you know, whatever it is, the DC price, SPS price, you can go check your legendary card and has it gone up or down. So I, I want to get you guys' takes maybe to round up this podcast and, and help the community. How have you guys dealt with the emotions of it? How have you learned to, I guess, control that? Or how do you think about handling the emotions and the stress of seeing your account go up and down? It's a fantastic question. So I, I worked as a chaplain for a while, hanging out with dying people, been getting called in the middle of the night, right? And it, the one thing it trained us to do was like, feel your emotions fully. And then you, your goal is to, is to be fully in that world of pain or joy or sadness, but realize that I also am myself and I'm not connected to this person. In the same way, I would say, recognize the emotions you're having and realize that it's just a number and that tomorrow it will be different. <laughs> it could go up and it could go down and set a strategy and work the strategy. If it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't, reevaluate it. Yeah, yeah good, I, I mean, word. for me, I, I went through this. So my account value went up to about $400,000 and it's down to $150,000 when I look at my card collection. And every time I saw that number going up and down, my core mind never thought, hey, I should sell this whole collection. And it's because, you know, I have that mentality. I still have a box of magic cards in, out in the garage and I would love to pull those out if I ever have my buddies over and be like, hey, let's go play magic. But um it's just if you're that type of person the game is meant to be you know a collectible card game where you buy these cards you take some pride in ownership i think it's pretty cool i'm one of the people in the world that has a yodin that has a llama that has some of those rare seven cost legendary summoners i wish i had the beta ones but i just didn't have the funds at the time so i, I you know i have to move on and watch them kick my butt and champion all day long <laughs> but you know that that's just one one of the aspects and you know it's supposed to be a competitive ish card game where, where it, your goal should be to, you know, take part in the tournaments, which we don't talk about enough because they're really good. And it, it should feel special because, you know, may, maybe if you never played those other games, in the end of the day, I never owned part of Wizards of the Coast. Um, mm. My cards as a kid, I couldn't keep them in great shape and they would disappear and you know, there's just other things that can happen to the, those physical things. So I like the digital versions a lot better. As long as I have my access to my account, I won't ever really lose these cards. 
So when it comes to this specific format, I feel like digital fits in really well. But it, it, to me, I, I just look at it like uh, if you believe in the project and you don't think it's going to die, then the only time you should look to get out of it if it's like, okay, this isn't going to be part of my life anymore. And, you know, I'm a content creator as a hobby. I'm a player as well. And there's just so many ways for these cards to create me value outside of um, the game that I don't see a reason to worry about what they are overall worth going up and down. The only thing I really pay attention for is like when things get ridiculously cheap, I'm going to want to sell some, I mean, buy some. And when, <laughs> and when things get extremely overvalued, I'm going to want to sell like some extras that I have. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's just, you know, to me that that's part of being in the crypto world. I mean, uh, in the, you know, if, if you're in the, the, the NFT cryptocurrency world, you, you should already be kind of used to this. If you have, if you have a goal of getting like one Bitcoin, do, do you really want to worry about whether or not it's worth 41,000 or 40, 35,000 or 42,000? No, you want to own a Bitcoin because you'll be one of the one in maximum 21 million people that can own a Bitcoin. Well, these assets are even more scarce. And if you believe the game will still be around in the next four to five years and will be possibly one of the premier trading card digital NFT games, and I do think they are that, and that marketplace is a marketplace that maybe isn't one of the biggest in the world, but it's big, having the oldest, rarest cards is going to be something that's going to be pretty cool. And these sets are still relatively new. This is the very first big set, right? So Chaos Legion is the first big set. If the game continues for four to five years, there's going to be four or five big sets like this out there in the marketplace. So, I mean, if it's a, if you like it and stuff like that, I wouldn't even check your account value all that much. I would, I would more check your, your, your uh, cards and their levels and how many copies of things you have. And, you know, see, see, as long as that's continuing to grow, then you know you have more. And then at some point, if the game blows up, cool, you can get out if you want. And I understand that. You know, like, I have to admit, when when Splinterlands could almost pay for my house, and I think maybe I should sell all my cards, <laughs> the, the, the thought crossed my mind. But at the same time, you have to find the things you enjoy. And, like, if I didn't have my my cards, I wouldn't have met Luke when he got into it. I wouldn't have met all the people I've met through you. I wouldn't have these opportunities to have these fun discussions and do something that I enjoy doing. And uh, to me, that that's, you know, why I got into the game was like to have some fun. And I stayed in it more because of the people I met, you know, in the early on, it was people on the team talking with Clove, talking with Carrie Allen, talking with Agrod and Matt and those people in the discord and just, you know, learning things from them about the overall crypto space and the high block well back then it was steam steam blockchain <laughs> and and then um but now it's the high blockchain but you know just just having that that whole ability to get into a nice community that uh, did support me and if other people are not finding that supportive community I'm, I'm sorry they haven't found that yet um for sure yeah no i think those those are good words from both of you and you know i think that is a good way to like say hey you know, money isn't everything, right? Like it, it is important. It's useful in life. But if your main goal is money, that doesn't always equal happiness or joy or, or those connections you're talking about, Steve. And so I, I think, yeah, it is difficult, you know, coming from non-NFT gaming, gaming non-crypto world where you see now you're in Splinterlands, or you're into crypto and it goes up and down and you do have to deal with those emotions. <laughs> but I think, you know, 
that that's part of the reason why my stance has always been like hey if you treat it like a video game just take your video game budget that you would have poured out into whatever game you you know call of duty xbox you know whatever fortnite skins you'd never see that money anyway so you know if you throw yep. them in the nft games and it's just the same budget and it goes to nothing great that's what it would have been before you know so i think there needs to be a space where you can just play the game enjoy it and as you said steve or as you said trash like if it goes up great but if it doesn't then you know yeah it's gonna suck it is gonna you are gonna have that emotion of like oh my account was 200 bucks and now it's 20 bucks yeah that does suck but at the end of the day you know there's always a, a chance for it to go back up like if you're patient about it the only the only time you have to really worry about the value is if you're literally cashing out if it goes up and down right. be- before then it doesn't matter yeah. it's only when you're taking the value out that it's fine the final price right so it's hard you have to learn patience you have to i, I like what you said trash feel those emotions but don't let them ruin your life right and i think that, that's something that we just all have to learn i feel like i'm still learning that as we go in this game yeah, and I, I think everyone, you get better at dealing with the, 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 the volatility stuff of the crypto market after you've been in it a little bit longer, especially because if this overall space is successful, it keeps going up and to the right. So if you just stay here, like I used to go up and down within a few thousands, and now I go up and down within a few hundred thousands. And it it took getting used to, uh, you know, uh, and, and getting that mindset that like, don't worry about the money because what I'm investing in are, are these things. And like, I had to remember, you know, no, a Bitcoin is still a Bitcoin. A Splinterlands card is still a Splinterlands card. If I start relating it to dollars and always worrying about its dollar value, you're just going to make yourself upset and, and, and have some bad nights. And if you're investing, I mean, if, if your Splinterlands collection value going down can ruin your day, then you put too much in. Um, or, or, or you didn't take enough out. So if you're having, like, if you're looking at your account and you're like, oh my God, if it goes down, I'm going to freak out, then sell some of your cards and get out of the game because it's not worth it for you to have that kind of anxiety in the game. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's common trading wisdom. I've heard that from every yeah. trader, you know, just in in general, they say, you know, never risk more than you can afford to lose. And if you, as you said, Steve, if you're sweating, if you're anxious about it, probably means your position is is too big for you to handle and that's fine you know like scale back a little bit and you know everyone's got different goals and if your goal is like i am going to be coming an investor here putting in thousands of dollars to hopefully strike it rich then that's one thing but i don't think the majority of players are there i think that's what a lot of people talk about but i i don't think you know more than a couple percent of people are really in this game for that reason Maybe more a couple months ago when it was bubbling. <laughs> Probably not as much anymore. But yeah, good discussion today. I know, uh, Steve, you got to get going here. So let's let's take a little time to sign off. A trash Dragon, I'll give it over to you first. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I had a couple of people asking earlier about how can I get into that guild potentially. So if you want to answer <laughs> awesome. that as well. Yeah, so I'm on YouTube at Trash Dragon Gaming. Uh, you can find me over there, find one of my videos, and you can hop on my Discord. I have a Twitter. It's small. Go find me on YouTube, and we'll connect. I have a link to my Discord in, in all my videos. So I look forward to hearing from you. Sweet. And if they want to join your guild, maybe just talk to you on Discord from there? Yeah, just join my Discord and shoot me a message, and, and we'll talk about it. Perfect. 
And Steve, the the legendary Steve, three episodes in, everyone knows where to find you, but just in case there's a new listener. Yeah, I'm SteveR82 pretty much on most of the social platforms. My main one that I post on is YouTube. I am starting to stream my live streams onto Twitch as well. Uh, Maybe I'll be on the Splinterlands TV uh, eventually, but we'll have to see. I know my schedule doesn't work out that well for them. (laughs) So that that might hold me back a little bit. And if you want to talk to me, I do have a Telegram that you can come on. I will be active. I do respond to people if they ping me there. Um, It's getting a little bit bigger, so it's getting a a little bit fun to see, you know, more people in there chatting with the the different players who are in there. Awesome. Well, thank you. One other thing. I'm also on the Splitterland stream team. Uh, sorry, I forgot. Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> it just started up, so, you know, it's okay. We'll forgive you this time. <laughs> My Migraine brain. We'll blame it on migraine brain. Mondays yeah. at 4 p.m. Central. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. Chat, thank you for coming by. And if you're listening on the podcast platforms as well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. And for now, take care. Until next time. Peace Have out. Have a good one.